3: It's Wednesday night and thrilled to be here on Hump Day. Hump Day. Happy that we are reaching more people. <laughs> on Hump Still Day. Still having a chance to talk about the things that all matter to tech and innovation in Pittsburgh. That's right. Sort of grateful for it. I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk about this stuff. It's fun. It's think- not just fun. I'm just, you know, these are things that many people just don't talk about, can't talk about, might wonder about. Right. And don't know about.
0: I hear you. All the so way around. It's sort of cool. It's a fun platform.
3: It is a fun platform. And, and we've been
0: doing this for like 12 years now.
3: 11 years. 12 Quit years. pushing it. 12. 12 in October? That's right, man. Jeez.
0: I'm just saying. Just saying. It's It's been like that. I think it's kind of awesome. And especially moving over to a Wednesday night.
3: I know. So – Just sit tight. Keep
0: your seatbelts on (laughs) because we got a great show.
3: And I am going to start talking about.
0: You've been reading a lot, Audrey. Recently, (laughs) exactly that
3: we that um, the city. Many of you might not realize, but there is a lot of work that goes on in economic development, tech-based economic development, and just lots of ways over the last thirty-plus years of leadership at our government level in Harrisburg to many of our philanthropic organizations have really tried to push and be supportive of developing innovation and entrepreneurship. And it's a tricky business. It's a really tricky tricky business because on the one hand, you've got a lot of money that's going to the universities that are doing incredible research and the university is doing some work trying to get that research out to the street called commercialization.
0: Sometimes you feel like we rely too much on the universities – Sometimes the universities,
3: as you and I know, yeah. we get a chance to interview. Because yeah, they're doing kind of awesome faculty. work, but they're I, doing I feel, amazing work.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, they'll solve the problem. It's like right. oh, a little bit of it, but But yeah. it,
3: it goes on behind closed doors very often, and, and many regular people like you and I and people who are listening don't exactly know what's going on and just know that there probably is some great research occurring, but how is that changing the world? So one of the things that Pittsburgh is, is confronted with is that while we think we're great, while we think that we are sort of on the map and tech is booming and all these interesting things are happening, there might be some things that we need to peel back a little bit. Definitely. And so, the Brookings Institute, which is a research um, which is a research organization that actually does a lot of research in a lot of different market sectors, including economic development, tech-based economic development has put out their second sort of shorter finding. They put out a report a couple of years ago. And their second finding talking about how's it going? How's it going in Pennsylvania when it went compared to other states? So this is the whole state,
0: not just the Pittsburgh it's region? All, yeah, okay. Pennsylvania. Yeah.
3: And, but they siloed Philly and of course um, Pittsburgh.
0: So it's like Philly, Pittsburgh, and then everything else in between?
3: Yeah, I mean pretty much. But yeah. really talking about – and then they focused on – The state of Pennsylvania, how we're doing in terms of innovation. And then they drilled down into the more densely populated areas.
0: Are we kicking Philadelphia's butt?
3: No, we're not. We're not kicking Philadelphia's butt when it comes to life sciences. Life sciences. uh,
0: That's their strength. That's what they they really – They have done an incredible
3: job. Incredible job. Life sciences PA has done an incredible job. But really what happened is – and Chris Molino, who runs life sciences PA, recently wrote a little – you know, sort of like a little blog or a couple of paragraphs about why it's so great there. So, if any of you are interested, go to go to um, Life Sciences PA, and you can find it. Essentially, what happened is is that a lot of execs that were in the pharma industry, that whether those companies either fell apart or they restructured, actually started to put their money into innovation in life sciences. Right on that. Philadelphia, right on that, New Jersey, right, exactly right. That area there. Yep. and the proliferation of life sciences and commercialization is just astounding there. And I mean, it's not necessarily San Diego, but it's definitely mm, it's, like I would say a third right behind Boston, gotcha,
4: right,
3: and uh, San Diego. So you take so the, po- the report talks a little bit about that, but it talks about how state money is needed to help spawn further innovation. So my only question on that is that we've spent 30 to 40 years using some taxpayer dollars to try to spawn innovation to help companies grow. And my question would be what evidence do we have that those – that that has helped.
0: It made a difference. That it really
3: made a difference. Right. So – you know, we get, the, we get an amazing opportunity to talk to companies. And some of the companies we talk to have taken money, economic development dollars, and then they pay them back when they have bigger exits or, you know, they have different milestones and they pay them back. But the question is, why are we doing the same thing over and over again when we're still wrestling with Pittsburgh? We think we're doing some great things. The data tells us differently. So why take that Mm -hmm. same hammer and that same nail and look to state government as the be-all and end-all for trying to help spawn innovation and entrepreneurship? So I raise that question because I think we need to look differently. It's a global world. People want
0: to live. Things are changing so much more rapidly now, too.
3: People can live anywhere. They can work anywhere. Absolutely. So the question is, how does that help, particularly Pittsburgh? How does, it, how, how does that government money particularly help Pittsburgh would be my question. And I would hope that we would have some evidence that says this is how that money has helped all, over all these years.
0: Makes sense. And this is right.
3: why we need to continue to do that. That's all I want to hear. I hear you. And, you know, we're going through a point in time where people are looking for not just a place to live but a place where they can have an impact. And so the question is, mm-hmm. what are we doing to nurture that? And maybe nurturing that will help us with developing further entrepreneurs across all walks of life. That's and a, maybe we'll make a change there.
0: That's some interesting insight. I like the way you're thinking about that because it's getting ourselves out of that mold. of what Right. We think and pay for attention so that the yeah. companies
3: that are really, really thriving here outside of Duolingo are the companies that are building stuff. You know, they're they're in autonomy.
0: Yep. There's like actual. They're product in AI. There. Mm-hmm.
3: They're in making stuff. They're in things that you can touch and feel. And believe it or not, that's our strength. That's our legacy. Absolutely. So I I think that um, my my point in this discussion is to look for this Brookings Institute report, think about what makes sense, raise your voice in your opinion. And let people know. We at the Tech Council are just trying to make sure that we're looking at all options and not getting so provincial in terms of how we think certain things work. And in order to be open and to build an an ecosystem of people who want to live here and want to build things here and want to raise their families here or retire here, whatever it may be, we have to look at a new world. And And the new world means that we have to be diverse. We have to have a sense of place we have to have. But we got to have access to transportation. It's, it's
0: the whole enchilada. And it's the whole thing. It's, it's whole not just thing. one
3: slice. Exactly. So while I love our work and I love the work of so many in this region, I say now's the time to think a little differently.
0: I like the way you're thinking. I like the way you're thinking. So, Audrey, on tonight's show, we have our second part from our Healthcare Reinvented with Dr. Susan Monza. Really excited. I interviewed her a few weeks ago as part of our Reinventing Healthcare podcast series. And she's from the Autoimmune Institute doing some really cool work over there. I can't wait for our listeners to hear this interview. And we also have uh, John Brescia from Vertex stopping by mm-hmm. to talk about the uh, the Elevation uh, Hackathon that's coming up in October. And of course, Locomation is stopping by tonight. Very exciting company. Just like when the companies you're talking about here, that's they're in Pittsburgh changing lives and they're hiring people and uh, it's just an exciting story to hear about what's going on with Locomation and uh, like Audrey, I get to have way too much fun hanging out with you here exploring these stories that are really making Pittsburgh move forward. So anyhow, keep your dial tuned right here to Tech 5 Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting.
3: And this is Audrey Russo.
0: Welcome back. You are listening to Tech Vibe Radio here on KDKA, the best way to spend your Wednesday night, especially with our next guest we have now. I tell you what, we've been so pumped up at Tech Vibe Radio and the Pittsburgh Technology Council because we've been partnering with Allegheny Health Network and Highmark on our Healthcare Reinvented series. Really cool podcast series. If you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Unape, Spotify, all the major platforms, you can find the really cool content we've been putting out with Highmark around. Reinventing healthcare. There's no other way to put it because there's some fantastic work that's been going on, that is going on, and will continue to go on with Allegheny Health Network that we're putting a spotlight on, and our most recent podcast with uh, Doctor Susan Susan Manzi. For, she leads up the uh, AHN's Autoimmunity Institute. And uh, it's just such fantastic work. I almost don't know where to even start with it all because there's so much that's going on. But she's just a whirlwind and just a joy to talk to. And I'm so glad to have her here on the show. So, Dr. Manzi, thanks for hanging out with us tonight.
2: Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, first and foremost, autoimmune diseases are crazy, evil, weird, and nasty. I can't think of any other words to describe them, and they afflict a lot of people. Give our listeners a baseline. What exactly is an autoimmune disease and how many people... They affect
2: in the United States? So, autoimmune diseases are common. Um, they impact an uh, estimated 50 million people in the United States, and there's over 100 different wow. autoimmune diseases. And it's pretty simple. Yeah. If you think of your immune system, it's there to protect you against anything that doesn't belong in your body. And in virus and bacteria, it sees it, fights it, gets rid of it. Right. For reasons we're trying to understand we don't fully understand, in autoimmunity, your immune system starts to target you, start, starts to attack you and your own organs. So we call them diseases of self-sabotage.
0: Self-sabotage. It's so evil. Like, it's terrible because <laughs> it, it creates such problems for people and death sometimes too. Absolutely. And, and it's crazy stuff. But what I was excited to know about – is the fact that the Autoimmunity Institute exists. It is unique, not just in Pittsburgh, not just in the country, but in the world.
2: Absolutely. And you lead
0: the thing up. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, with
2: my colleagues, uh, particularly Dr. Joseph Ahern, who's mm-hmm. the chair of the institute. But, yes, AHN and Highmark recognized how common autoimmune diseases are and that they're potentially fatal They tend to impact women more than men. Young people, there's no cure. They're very hard to diagnose and hard to treat that's a that's a lot of bad things it and is. so they recognize that the way to do it is to help patients navigate the healthcare system because most people with autoimmune diseases need a team of specialists Absolutely. they need heart specialists and lung specialists and kidney specialists and most of the time when they have a disease they're trying to navigate the healthcare system they're going all over the place their doctors aren't talking to each other so we said no more of that So we opened this first-of-its-kind-in-the-world autoimmunity institute where we've brought all of these specialists together under one roof. We have 15 different specialties uh, of medicine practicing together so that patients go one stop and they get to see all their specialists together in one location. There's better communication, uh, better treatment, earlier diagnosis.
0: It seems so simple, and it is, but so powerful because time is of the essence on so much of this, and and being able to keep people's lives not complicated by, you said, having to see four or five different doctors that are in four or five different offices, like it becomes absolutely nuts, and you're taking the nuttiness out of it, which I think to put it in its most simplest way, right?
2: Absolutely, and not only are they seeing all of these physician specialists, but we also have behavioral health Specialists to help with depression and anxiety, pharmacists to help with you know soaring drug costs. P- people can't right. afford their you medications. medication. And people in
0: there, their diagnosis, you take some medication, like, I can't afford it. Absolutely. So, what good is it? But you, you bring someone and say, No, you can afford this. We'll make Absolutely. sure you get this
2: medicine. We, we get them hooked up in programs which can make their drugs affordable. We have social workers that help with all kinds of issues related to, you know, housing insecurity, food insecurity, um, and we have dietitians that even help with other alternative interventions. So it's all about the patient uh, when Without you come to our institute, and we, we work together, and we, we – te- we, what we call team-based care, all focused on the patients.
0: Very much so. So um, in our podcast recording, it just blew my mind. And I remind people that if you just you know, go on over to iTunes and check out Tech 5 Radio, you will find – the Allegheny Health Network uh, reinventing healthcare podcast series there in that podcast you mentioned that you're really drawing people from across the country Hawaii and Alaska people are making a trip to Pittsburgh because of your institute
2: absolutely that is
0: really saying something
2: i mean it's it's been so fulfilling for me because we've only been open for about eight less than right, 18 months right. and we've uh, attracted people from 29 states already they come for a variety of reasons one is for an accurate diagnosis. They're tough to diagnose many of these diseases, or for um, our consultation regarding best treatment. We also do research, so we can provide access to the latest drugs and medications for many of these diseases, and we've got physicians with expertise.
0: Very cool stuff. I want to know a little bit more about your background and your passion, and I'm talking to you here, and I can see the passion coming out of you, how much you care about your patients and care about people's lives and their health and Putting this institute together seems like it's this culmination of a lot of work you've done over the years. And what I was really surprised about in our podcast interview is you're from Crabtree. I am. Crabtree, Pennsylvania is a small. Yeah, right
2: next to Latrobe. For those of you that are from Latrobe, you'll know that I'm from that area. But yeah, it's a small coal mining town, and love Pittsburgh, and have spent 25 years of my career focused on autoimmunity because I I think it's just something we should cure. Um, There's too many people impacted by this. These diseases, and not a lot of people understand them or know much about them. So, this is a culmination of my career, and I'm so grateful to Highmark and AHN for making definitely, it happen.
0: Definitely, I, mean, I, I love the fact that it's how many years later, and you're, you're back to where you came from, and we're glad that you're here doing what you do as far as that goes. The one thing I think that's really interesting about the Institute is the fact that it's all about communication. You were talking before that there's like a huddle space, so the doctors all talk to each other because that's where the solutions come together. It, it's the pharmacists, the nurses, and the doctors all being able to easily communicate and talk about what's going on with their patients so they can find the best remedies and solutions.
2: Absolutely. The design of the space, not only the concept of what we're doing is is reinventing medicine, as you've said, but the design of the space is very novel. So we have all of the physicians and and uh, nurses and behavioral health specialists, pharmacists, all practicing without any walls between them in something we call the huddle hall. And that's where the brain power is. That's, that's where the magic happens. That's where the man. magic Absolutely. happens. That's where we talk to each other. We decide on diagnoses. We communicate back and forth. And it helps patients tremendously because they don't have to be the con- one telling one doctor or the other doctor what one exactly. doctor said. So it's, the space is conducive for the model. Of the care that we provide, super cool. It's Really, really fun. You got to come by and see it. And the one thing I didn't mention earlier, I have to, is that uh, a lot of the artwork in the Autoimmunity Institute was donated by a local Pittsburgh photographer. Yes, Richard Kelly, and you have to come and see it. We know Richard Kelly. You do? Yeah. Yeah, Very cool. He's donated all the photography. It's so cool. Um and we have one of the halls is race car driving and our motto is auto racing for auto immunity. There you go.
0: There you I go. Love it. Yeah
2: and we're racing to a cure that's our.
0: Definitely. Definitely. We got about a minute or so left. There's a really cool event coming up on 928 that we got to talk about. Just let people know if they want to learn more about autoimmune diseases. I mean, literally, the event, what every American needs to know about autoimmune diseases. doesn't get more basic than that. Having a 928 at your institute, give us a couple more details on that.
2: Yes, yeah, so we really welcome everyone to come. It's for family members. It's for patients. Uh, we have a great lineup of speakers that talk about women that are impacted and good nutrition and everything you ever wanted to know about autoimmune diseases. It's on September 28th from 10, it's a Saturday, from 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. And it's actually in our Autoimmunity Institute, so you can come and tour. See all pictures, the. Yeah. yeah, you can see <laughs> Richard Kelly's pictures and see the new innovative model of care and how we set it up. Um, and we'd love to ha- have you come.
0: Dr. Monza, I love it. Thank you so much. Once again, only in Pittsburgh can great stuff like this happen. So glad to put a spotlight on it today.
2: Thank you, Jonathan.
0: Hey, we're taking a quick break. We're coming back with more Tech Radio, I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsting from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org and then fly on over to Twitter at pghtech. Thanks for listening to Tech Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council coming at you from the Huntington Bank podcast studio and uh, really excited about a trade mission that's coming up here. The Pittsburgh Technology Council, we're working with the Department for International Trade and British Airways to take a group of really cool startup entrepreneurs over to England. And not just England, but London and some great cities to really see the opportunities that are going on there and how it is just an awesome place to really launch your company internationally. And uh, so today we're talking to Ross Allen. And Ross is the uh, Director, of North America, for the Department of International Trade, also Deputy Consul General. You've got quite the title going on there, Ross. I do, Jonathan. It's a bit of
1: a mouthful. So uh, happy to explain some of what that means in exactly. and what I actually do. You
0: might have them one of the longer titles that anyone have ever interviewed. And so it's great to have you here on the show. and. Uh, so once again, tell us about yourself real quick. What, what's your background, and what exactly do you do with the Department of International Trade? Yes,
1: yeah, so thanks thanks for the opportunity. So I work for the British government. That's the my support, of things. course. And we um, operate out here in the US. We help British companies export in this direction. Yep. And we encourage inward investment into the UK right. from the US and from Canada. Um, and I'm really excited to be here in Pittsburgh um, to come and talk to you, uh, meet some of the companies later. Um, and we're really excited about this trade mission. Um, it's very been a very competitive so. process, and we can't wait for, to get them over to the UK and to see what we have to offer in the UK.
0: It's happening October 6th through the 11th. And uh, we're just really pumped up at the council about this because for us, we love expanding opportunities for our member companies and just for tech in general here in Pittsburgh. And we were one of the, the biggest, biggest, biggest proponents of the new British Airways flight, the non-stop on the Dreamliner that really, it makes getting to London so quick and so easy right now. And so with British Airways partnering with us on this, we think it's just fantastic to really A, showcase this awesome flight that's making this connection happen. And then, of course, getting down to business when we're over there, as far as that goes. So I, I could say hats off to our friends over at British Airways for making that investment here in Pittsburgh, and we're just pumped about it.
1: Yeah, we're really um, pleased. We, we do quite a lot with BA, as you'd expect, around the world. And um, it's fantastic that they're opening up new routes um, here in Pittsburgh and, and a few other um, locations in the U.S. And we're all about that international connectivity. Um, people who do business want to have that direct flight and we've heard from uh, British Airways they're really pleased with the way the route's going good Um, so it's fantastic I think the numbers are good and and we're really looking forward to having the trade mission come and and benefit from that flight definitely so let's get down and talk a little bit about the trade mission itself just some of the nuts and bolts about
0: so we said before it's October 6th through the 11th and we have uh, 10 startup companies that are coming along on this trip and it's really from a a cross-section of what's happening here in Pittsburgh's tech sector. I mean, we have some life science-type companies. We have some pure tech companies. Like, I, I excited to have this kind of mix and assortment of folks kind of coming across and getting that firsthand tour and look at all the assets and resources happening over in England.
1: Yeah, it's great to have such a diverse group actually. And for us, it's been a challenge over the last few years. Like we we try to sort of divide things up a bit and have people okay. specialise in different areas. But right. tech is one of those sort of cross-cutting things that can be a bit of a challenge. Say is this Definitely. if it's if it's life sciences, is it still a tech company? Is it a life sciences company? It but gets very blurry we sometimes. You know, we, we, don't, we don't mind. We want them all we want them all to come and see you know the breadth of what the UK has to offer as exactly. well. Exactly. We're really pleased with the way that the sort of tech scene's going in the UK. We've had uh, record levels of investment this year um, mm-hmm. into our um, UK tech companies and, particularly into our startups. Um, they're also—it's go- really good, I think—that we're going to get them sort of outside London. So lots of companies. That's what got me pumped up. Thinking mean, about London first. I, exactly.
0: But, I mean, yeah. I love London. I've been there the one time when we were lobbying for the flight, and I was just mesmerized. I'm like, man, if I could pick up stakes <laughs> and go anywhere, it might be London. But the idea of getting people outside of London to see what's Across England, so yeah. we're talking about Bristol. What are some of the other cities that you're going to be taking and folks to?
1: Not even just England. Into yeah. wh- they're going to be into Wales. They're going to okay. Cardiff in Wales. Ah, okay, I, very well, cool. I'm, I'm a Londoner, so I love right. London as much. Of as course, us, but I'm very pleased to, that we can sort of showcase the best of our country. Definitely, um, we, we couldn't get them up to Scotland, but they are going to visit Scotland House and okay. talk to some people who help promote Scotland. Right, um, but we're also going to get them uh, sort of west and northwest. So they're going to go to Bristol. Uh, they're going to go to Manchester uh london and cardiff and i think that will give them in in the time we have available a really good overview and also don't i, I don't want your listeners to forget like this is not a huge geographic area right. when you think about the u.s exactly and you, you everywhere they're going I, I think you could probably fit into pennsylvania right
0: so, so it's nothing more than a couple hour train ride exactly. at most to get yeah. somewhere right
1: I, I i mean growing up i thought some of these journeys were long okay and when i moved <laughs> to the states i was like oh hang on like this is actual <laughs> continental size <laughs> geography exactly. so it's quite a small area but there's there's a ton of stuff going on we're very prim- of our universities, uh, which are churning out fantastic graduates, very proud of the Definitely. talent that we have in the UK and in our tech scene, uh, and just can't wait for your companies and the companies from this area to see all that and make, make connections. And our, we, we have a we, we're not shy about this. Our ulterior motive is we want of them course. to, uh, at some point, make the UK their sort of next international that uh, well, their first sort of international base. And what a cool way to grow to, here and then, it, and then go to the UK.
0: Exactly. And we, I always say that if you're a company and you're looking to expand and you need a global, you know, presence and you need to be in Europe, why not be in England to do that? I just think there's so many reasons, just from from a cultural standpoint and just from a language barrier standpoint, where it's like you're doing business there. I think it's so much easier to maneuver and and, and yeah. get around and, and and make things happen so and have and have proximity to a huge population and, and marketplace.
1: Absolutely. So it, sound, it sounds like I'm preaching to converted, which I always I am enjoy. converted. I'm wearing the well, bow tie today. So, you see it? Yeah, yes. But so for <laughs> your for your listeners, I need to describe Jonathan's bow, bow tie, yes. <laughs> which is a thing of beauty. It is. Uh, a perfectly formed Union flag or Union Jack uh, bow tie, which I Absolutely. think he's put on specially in I our honour. I did, um, and it's like I'm going to get myself one as soon as I can. I'll show you the link where to get.
0: They're only <laughs> nine bucks. I couldn't believe how cheap they
1: were, but man, it is a classy bow tie, and I was
0: uh, yeah. astounded and excited to wear it. But uh, so I, lo- I love
1: the bow tie. And then coming back to your point around the UK, I mean. Uh, I think that the reasons for going to the UK are, yeah. are very, very compelling, and there you can see that in the numbers in terms of yeah, like, tell the us number about it. Yeah, give us some, some
0: some good data, some good some good some good numbers here. So.
1: Um, in terms of, like, the number of uh, – we, we, we are measured on how we do as, as a team out here, my colleagues, and, and the number of investment projects we land in the U.K. Gotcha. Uh, and I think in the last year, uh, just in, in our – as we define it, the tech sector was about 130 projects just from North America. Okay. Which is absolutely fantastic. And it's an, an increasing uh, proportion of the overall level of investment. And uh, American tech companies are, I, I think, very, very uh, convinced by what the UK has to offer. I think it's a combination of things. As you, a couple of them you mentioned. So language is one, uh, ease of doing business. Like Forbes ranks the UK as one of the easiest places in the world to do business. S- setting up a company there is easy. Uh, the legal system is... Uh, you know, f- Uh, Straightforward to navigate for businesses. They like doing uh, business in uh, with sort of British common law type system. Absolutely. Even things like labor laws are are the closest thing that you're going to find to what companies are used to here in the US and the UK. It's not it's not exactly the same, but it's pretty similar. Um, You know, connectivity as well as you said. Like, what if you take that direct flight to London from there, you can then get wherever you need around the UK. It's not just a
0: it's not just a great flight. It's an awesome flight because you're on a (laughs) Dreamliner. It's like first class all the way, even when you're riding coach. Just Uh, saying. uh,
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I've taken. I'm, I'm not taking the, the Pittsburgh like myself, but I think I know what you mean. I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah. a it's a fantastic environment to be in. Be uh, from from a tech point of view, I was really interested. Yeah. I was chatting to the people from British Airways about some of the. Work they're doing to sort of like change the way their flights operate, and it's and things like the you know the amount they're spending on new aircraft, but also things like um, more sustainable jet fuels that they're working on. They're using. um, I know this is a big thing in Pittsburgh. It's a pilotless um, or uh, driverless buses Mm -hmm. um, to get people to and from the aircraft. They have got uh, like remote controlled uh, sort of devices that like push the planes back. This is all about making their operations smoother, and they're using biometrics to get people boarded quicker. Yeah. exciting. They, the show, they boarded right. a whole plane in Orlando in ten minutes. Uh, Whoa, u- using biometrics is, and things like so, that's like a game changer. Yeah. right? I mean, there. No, no one likes hanging around <laughs> at the airport that much, or just you know, standing in line. I, I have young kids. You know, you want once they get on you, there, you want to get on
0: off as soon as possible. Get, get, the, <laughs> get
1: the iPad on with some Peppa Pig or something, and get them calmed down. You don't want to be standing in a long line. No, you don't. Um, so yeah, I think they're looking at the whole experience and how they Without can make it, um, you know, it's, it's sort of painless and maybe even enjoyable as possible. Very very cool
0: stuff. Let's talk a little bit about the Brexit stuff that's going on. I know obviously it changes second by second, day by day, minute by minute. But uh, it's one of those things where, let's, before we hit the record button on this, we're talking about how like tech actually is not as impacted by this because of it not often not being a physical product that, that that's kind of going through. Give us some more insight on onto what's happening with Brexit and and, and you know what companies yeah. should be thinking about is that being a, a factor as they decide where they're going to do business.
1: Sure. That, uh, thanks for asking. And I think. Um, when this goes out on the radio, it may be a few days' time. So this is all subject to the caveat that these things of course, can change. It can always change. And one of the, I, I should, you know, clarify because sometimes people one ask, ask me this question out here in the states. So I work for the, the British government as a sort of public servant, right. and, we, and we work for, you know, the government of the day, no matter what their sort of political stripe. So I'm a, Absolutely. a, a non-political um, government servant. Um, But I'm very happy to update you on what's going on. So uh, the government, uh, its intention is to leave uh, the European Union on the 31st of October. Uh, And we have said that we would prefer to do that with a negotiated agreement. Uh, And there are negotiations going on with the European Union to try to achieve that uh, result. Um, But this government has said uh, if ultimately that's not possible, we will leave without a deal. Um, and they've certainly uh, stepped up the level of preparation for that and um, put sort of various uh, mitigations and so on in place mm-hmm, to try absolutely. to m- minimise the impact of that. Um, there is uh, – I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. It's, it's, it's all in the news. Uh, there's, there's quite a lot of sort of political upheaval um, associated with that. Um there are – there's some complicated stuff going on within our parliamentary system, which I sometimes find difficult to explain here because oh, there, there are differences. There would be a
0: whole show unto itself. How, yeah, I, mean, exactly. I, so
1: I don't, I don't want to start – If I, I think if I start explaining how our House of Lords works <laughs> compared to the House of Commons, <laughs> your, your listeners will be switching off in droves. But there, there is some politics going on. But the government's clear intention is that we're leaving, mm-hmm. as I said, preferably right. with a deal, but if not without a deal, uh, at the end of October – um, and going back to your, your question specifically around tech, I would yeah. say that is the sector that has been least affected by all of this. Yeah, so, and that was
0: something I did not know, so I thought it was really important that we bring that up.
1: Yeah, so, so the, 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 the number of investment projects there has held up really well. And I think that's, as you said, largely – well, it's a couple of things. I think a lot of the companies that are coming over are look at like, – their main driving factor is, is talent and um, where they can hire the right people. And for that, there's not like Brexit has not really been a particular factor. Um, also, I think some of the areas that have been a bit more affected have been where there are uh, some question marks around uh, supply chains in the future and, you know, your physical goods moving back and forth and what the customs procedures will be.
0: So, Ross Allen, thanks for hanging out with us today on Tech 5 Radio. Can't thank you enough. You know, Audrey, the last time I checked, Pittsburgh is popping when it comes to all things tech, but especially robotics. Oh. Just saying. Yeah. Robotics,
3: Self- robotics, really, that's what I tell people. It's the people who are making stuff.
0: Exactly. People are, are making just... things drive themselves and Ooh. do fun things. Like, I don't know. So I was really excited to have our next guest from Locomation stop in today because there's one of the companies we need to be watching here in Pittsburgh. Like, they're just in their uh, beginning phases, but, man, they're kicking some butt, and I'm so glad to have them here.
3: All right. So who do we have in the house?
4: Um, I'm Chitin Mirichli, co-founder and CEO of Locomation. Thanks for stopping by today, Chitin. Really appreciate Locomation.
3: it. Locomation. Yeah. Thanks for so,
4: having me. Yeah.
3: So can we imagine what that means? But you're going to tell
0: us. Yeah. Give us, the, give us the little elevator pitch of what Locomation is all of
4: about. Of course. Locomation is building, developing autonomous driving technologies for semi-trucks for the trucking industry. And our uh, first product is an, uh, autonomous relay convoying, which means we are bundling two trucks together, and we are keeping the driver in the front truck as a supervisor okay. and we are making the second truck fully autonomous so that the uh, second truck follows the leader fully autonomously so right. behind
3: me i will be having a, a truck behind me if i'm a, tr- a truck
4: driver but for the uh, for the lead truck yes yeah. exactly it's wow. it's a it's a convoy of two trucks so the nice thing about that is it doubles your capacity doubles exactly. your delivery time right uh, but still uh, improves the driving quality and the safety of the drivers. Because
0: the driver in the second truck is taking a break. They're taking not on the break. clock at that time, exactly. right? So they can be nice and yeah, refreshed, switch true. the convoy around, and then they pull the other way around. So Absolutely. you're doubling the capacity yes. and more than increasing the safety.
3: No, yeah, but boy. this is complicated stuff. Is, We're making it sound I know. simple. You've had to be working on this for a long time.
4: Uh, with Locomission, we've been working on this idea for a little bit over a year. Actually, the... History of locomotion is rather recent. But uh, myself and my co-founders and most of our technical team, we go all the way back decades in working on autonomous We've vehicles. have got deep experience in this deep stuff. Experience. Deep experience. We come experience, from right. Carnegie Mellon. We, we are very mm-hmm. proud to be a yeah, uh, Carnegie Mellon uh, alumni, uh, Pittsburgh company. Mm-hmm. So we draw from uh, all this immense amount of background, immense amount of expertise that's yeah. ingrained in the culture of the city. And we spent uh, many, many years working on similar projects, including a convoy of trucks for military, uh, other automated trucks for commercial applications. Mm -hmm. So now we are doing it with locomotion in a different context, but we are drawing from all that decades long of uh, experience. Mm -hmm. Collectively, five co-founders of locomotion pack more than 100 years of direct experience in autonomous vehicles. And because of that, we were able to move really, really fast in the right direction. And a lot of exciting things are about to happen. For sure.
3: There are people who are Mm -hmm. cynical about this, right? They say, ah, we're not going to see this in the trucking industry. And I actually see it happening more there than I do in the passenger side.
4: I think the automation in trucking is going to come first Mm -hmm. before the passenger parts. That's for sure. Having said that, uh, automating a truck – Automating any vehicle is a very, very complicated problem. I think the entire industry, even the the technical people in the industry, have been underestimating and have been uh, too optimistic about the, the timelines. Yeah, how and, fast it's
0: going to actually right, happen? Right, That's why I love the fact your solution it, it has someone that's that's there, right? And, but they're getting the benefits of these features. So it's, exactly. Yeah. We are so we can and, get it on. We can we can start seeing benefits of it now, not ten years from now. Absolutely, or five years from
4: absolutely. Locomation is going to. Uh, go full commercial in in two years or so in 2021 calendar year. We will we are aiming to start deploying our very first commercial. Very years. cool. And that's precisely because we are not eliminating the humans. We are actually mixing and matching the best of both worlds. We are putting that's substantial amount of. That's why solution is so uh, smart. Uh, exactly. exactly. That's why I'm so excited about of this autonomy. But we are keeping the human, the human eyes, the human common sense in the loop.
0: And I need to tell our listeners go to locomation.ai, because their site is so cool. You can really quickly see what they're doing, like literally the visuals of these two trucks <laughs> going down the road, like you're piggybacking each other, convoying. I think it's just – it shows you how this is going to work and how it is working. And it, to me, it's just so exciting.
3: So what what is a typical day like for you?
4: That's a very loaded question. <laughs> I know. You <laughs> like that? It really changes. Uh, I mean, as, as the CEO of the company, right. I am um, – at some level, in charge of everything. right? So, uh, But I'm also coming from a technical background, so my heart is still in exactly. the deep the, the like, technology. Yeah, exactly, right. I spent <laughs> a good 20 years of my life <laughs> right. in the Just technology Just two decades department. doing so the you're not right, So you're not yeah. like, balancing the checkbook. Exactly. But in the, exactly. <laughs> but in the, in the uh, life cycle of a company, uh, one has to make sure that the management, uh, the CEO and other uh, leadership, has to cover the entire spectrum. We care at least as much, if not more, about the customer experience. Understanding how they are operating today, uh, understanding how we can actually be helpful to them. We are not building a technology nugget and going and saying that okay, so this is very very cool. Take it and use it. We try to understand how they operate. What is a typical day for them? Exactly. Ah, and we try to craft our true. day ac- according to how can we, right. we very cool. How can we uh, provide more value to them? Right, especially in that industry.
0: That industry is pretty tight knit, and it's a culture, really. I mean, when people are are truck drivers, this is, you know, this is something with lots of deep roots, and being able to uproot that is is, is kind of scary. And getting to know them. And getting to know them to show that this is technology that's going to make your jobs better, more efficient, and create more work on top of that. This isn't like taking stuff away, it's it's creating more opportunity. Exactly. There's
4: there's already increasing demand that industries cannot. Uh, cannot they, they, matching. I,
0: you see the ads out there where they need so many drivers and they can't find them, and it's slowing right. things down. You now you can double. Is that, that still
4: true? That there's huge demand. It, it's increasing. Okay, it's increasing. Yeah. And so, got-
3: what about like your team? What's how big is your team? Are you hiring?
4: Uh, yes, we are hiring. Uh, the team is today twenty people. Nice, about to be twenty one. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, mostly technical. Still, of course. we are a very very lean yeah. organization. Still. Good. Um, and we are we are going to expand in 2020. I don't know the exact expansion Of course, amount, right. But
0: plans are to do what you want to do. You've got to expand and get more right. people there to solve these right. tough problems.
3: So this is technical jobs?
4: Um, mostly.
3: I'm, I'm trying going to pawn, forward
4: in the I'm near term. I'm trying to term. pawn
3: Jonathan off of.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime, more than happy to. See? We, we've already been talking. He already
3: has your resume. Deal.
4: <laughs> Come huh. over, already. I'm ready to go, man. I'll, I'll
0: Come
3: be over. I'll you
4: be, can be you live together. Exactly. Yeah. After this, Audrey, I'm done. <laughs> Cheating, and I'll I'll I give you, are. I'll give, give you a
3: really good reference.
4: <laughs> okay. So we have, we have to have a separate private conversation. <laughs> it, now. Yeah, yes, it, we
3: yeah. certainly will. I I off, r- off the air. I
4: thought it was the hell happening right now.
3: And so. This is exciting. I mean, you're absolutely excited about this. There's no holding back. Are you very still teaching so. at Carnegie Mellon? Uh, no, uh,
4: we. Believe, I, I and um, myself and most of our co-founders left Carnegie Mellon. Our chief scientist, Alonzo Kelly, who is a very brand name in, in robotics, he is still a professor um, at Robotics Institute. And we want to keep him there so that we maintain our ties, right. and maintain Gosh, our yeah. funnel to the, right. the so talent how, of CMU.
0: How crazy was it to say, oh, "I'm going to leave Carnegie Mellon, where you're doing what you love, your research and solving tough problems, mm-hmm. and saying, well, 'Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to create a company out of this.' Like, that's it's a, it's a bold I know, move. I, team. Know, I love this It's part a very of bold move.
4: It is. Uh, that's that's a little bit personal uh, for mm-hmm. me as well because I uh, I. Coming to Carnegie Mellon and yeah. being at Carnegie Mellon was my lifelong dream.
0: I think I'd and say that,
4: I'd like, hey, I made it for life. <laughs> that lasted for a, for a good decade, and then uh, I realized that there's there's still more that I can actually take the all the experience. Oh, I've been right. very fortunate to be around brilliant people, and right. like, I'm I'm going to be eternally grateful for them. Mm-hmm. But it was time to take all that experience, all that expertise, take put a different lens on look gotcha. at a different industry, yeah. and just focus there. To, well, glad to you did some, that
0: because we're not going to create new companies and create new wealth if men and women like you aren't going to take those types of risks. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's important. Nick Mellon
4: is extremely pro-entrepreneurship. Oh, right. Definitely. So that's, that's very, very important.
3: And so how do you feel now looking back? How many years has it been?
4: Oh, it's been uh, exactly a year. It's been one year. One year. It's been one year. And how do you feel one year? Uh, Are you
0: less freaked out, more freaked out?
4: It's a different challenge every day. Yeah. There is really no time to freak out. <laughs> we have no time to <laughs> There's time no time to freak out. I like it. Every day, it's it's another very exciting, very right. very um, very challenging situation, not in a bad way. So right. it's my my brain is constantly on fire because right. I have to learn very new different. things, very Def- different. different. So it's been a really joyride so are far. Are you
3: raising money?
4: We are. I mean, in some sense, every startup is always raising, mm-hmm. but right now we are particularly raising our next round. Okay.
0: Yeah, and so, you get, they already has some pretty pretty, pretty cool investors behind yeah. the company, which is impressive. I, and
4: Again, uh, yeah. we are very, very fortunate to have wonderfully uh, – When I see
0: who's behind you and, and I see what the, the, the problems that you're solving, it's like, man, your trajectory is just so exciting to us because it's like you're solving a real problem where there's an immediate – Do you need, see how he's yeah. pitching
3: his job to see, you?
0: See, I'm doing this. See, I'm pretty good, right? <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll have a conversation about this. Exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so we're recruiting a lot of people from Carnegie Mellon? Um. Any people from
4: out of state? Uh, yes. To, yes to both, actually. Um, we, uh, we've been, again, very fortunate to uh, rekindle with some of our old colleagues from Carnegie Mellon in in this context. And uh, myself and my brother in particular were also fortunate to uh, rekindle with some of our past collaborators. Nice. Mys- myself and my brother were originally from Turkey. Okay. And we were able to get a, a former lab mate, from our graduate study days, nice. really? and I'm now he's uh, one of our uh, senior engineers. Oh, that's so we've fun! Been, cool. we've Isn't been it great all when that fun. happens. Yes, it really is. I love we it. We have uh, we have really an uh, amazing team. I'm. Um, I, I, can't, just, I cannot be more grateful. I can for, imagine. Uh, I can see. I can see the passion
0: coming mm-hmm. from you as, as we're talking to you. We got about a minute or so left. I mean, obviously. What else can we expect from locomation in the coming year? What's, what's the big thing to happen?
4: You will, you will start seeing a lot of locomation branded trucks doing a lot of cool things in the next year. See, next that's what I want to see your trucks out there with your exactly. name
0: on it going down the parkway.
4: There's, there's a lot of uh, cool stuff coming up. Just stay tuned over the next couple yeah. of months.: We want you to come, come back, back on the show
0: for an update.
4: Anytime so you want, we can keep
0: track of what you guys are, you are up are. to because we're just really have impressed. Have you gone just to see them yet, Jonathan? Out. I have not. I want to check this stuff mm-hmm. out. You like I said, I'm just so glad out. you got to yeah. come in the studio and talk to us about it's this. Great. So that'll be next one on our list of things to do. But Damn. oh my goodness, another show under our belt! I could keep talking to you for hours about this stuff, cheating. Uh Anyhow, another tech vibe under our belt, Audrey. I don't know what happens, but it's that time. It was a
3: great wrap up. I know,
0: good stuff. What we're gonna, gonna
3: watch them. No,
0: without a doubt. I think they're on
3: to big stuff. Oh,
0: I know they're on to big stuff. You kidding me, man? It's as simple as that. Hey, anyhow. This is Jonathan Kirsten.
3: And this is Audrey Russo. With the
0: Pittsburgh Technology Council. And one last final reminder. Next week is Tech 50. It's a-coming. And it's exciting. It is. And it's a big night in tech. So I don't know if there's any tickets available yet or not, but go to our website, pghtech.org, and you can find out because, holy heck, man. It's our 23rd one. I haven't missed one yet. I don't plan on missing this one Can you believe that? (laughs) He's
3: been to 23 of them.
0: Good times. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Tech Vibe. This is Jonathan Kirsten.
3: And Audrey Russo.